0: If you want to build more sustainable eating habits, Noom Weight can help. Our program uses psychology to empower you with the practical knowledge and skills you need to build long-lasting habits and behaviors. Our personalized courses use scientifically proven principles like cognitive behavioral therapy to help you better understand and manage your relationship with food, one meal at a time. So, whether your goal is to feel more energized, boost your mood, or improve your stress levels, Noom can provide you with the expert guidance and tools to make it happen. Best of all, you're in charge of how Noom fits into your life, not the other way around. 5, 10, or 15 minutes. How much time you want to spend on your program is up to you. We won't tell you what you can or can't eat either, because we don't believe in good or bad foods. Instead, we'll provide you the support and wisdom you need to make informed choices that fit your lifestyle and health goals. Start your trial at Noom.com/Slash/Habit. That's N-O-O-M.com/Slash/Habit. hi and welcome to the shoot from the heart podcast with me diane bell if you want to write a script make a movie or quite simply live an abundant and creatively fulfilled life you are in the right place each week i'll share with you tips techniques and real world information that will inspire and empower you on your path thank you so much for joining me i am rooting for you all the way let's do this Hi there, beautiful screenwriters, filmmakers, and creative souls, and welcome to episode 21 of the Shoot from the Heart podcast. Thank you so much for being with me today. I hope you are well. I am Diane Bell. You probably know that, (laughs) but just in case you don't. How are you? I hope you're doing good. Before we dive into today's subject, I just wanted to take a moment to reflect on the life of Lynn Shelton. As you might know, Lynn Shelton, an amazing independent film director, passed away at the weekend, and it was just such shocking news. When I saw that headline, I really, I just burst into tears. I still feel profoundly sad about it. And it's not that I knew her personally. I met her once. But she was such a great filmmaker and so young. <laughs> she was 54, so it was so unexpected to read of that. If you don't know the work of Lynn, you should look it up. She made films like Hump Days, Laggies, My Sister's Sister, She worked in a very honest, raw kind of fashion. What I love about Lynn is that she just created her own path. She did her own thing. She made the movies she wanted to make and she found a way to make it work. And slowly she broke through. She had an amazing commercial career. She, Besides from directing her own films and making the films that she was passionate about, directed tons of TV series as well. The thing about Lynn that I remember when I met her was I was at Sundance. It was 2010. I was there with my movie. And to be honest, I felt completely overwhelmed and out of my depth. I was really feeling like, what am I doing here? I was really terrified. (laughs) I know it sounds crazy. Well, no, it probably doesn't sound crazy, but it was such a shocking thing that my film had got into Sundance. It was my very first film. I'd made it for 140,000. I had not prepared myself for this outcome that I would be at Sundance in the main competition with my movie. So I was feeling pretty out of place and like, what am I doing here? And this is so intense. If you've ever been to Sundance, you'll have some idea of what I'm speaking about. It's, it's intense. It's great, but it's also a bit of a pressure cooker. And you really feel like you're being judged. You're on the line. There's going to be people who are as winners, people who are as losers. It's like some sort of weird popularity contest of movies in some way. So I was feeling pretty overwhelmed. And I was with a friend and we were in the foyer of the Eccles Theatre, which is the biggest theatre there. And it was mad busy. There was people all over the place. And Lynn was just going in as I was coming out with my friend who knew her. And she stopped and said hi. She introduced herself to me. The thing about Lynn was immediately I was just like, she is so at ease. She looks so comfortable here. She was kind of just glowing. She looked so happy to be there. And she was dressed down. She looked so casual, but so just... So happy and at ease. And that just immediately shifted my energy. I was suddenly like, why am I stressing out about this? This is amazing to be here. I have nothing to be afraid of. And she inspired that feeling in me. I think she inspired a lot of people with that feeling. She had a beautiful smile and just such a lovely way about her. She was kind and attentive and incredibly supportive of other filmmakers, as well as very determined with what she was doing. I just want to finish this by saying, uh, I'd like to share a little quote that I read from her the other day which I think you know as I said the reason I admire so much is not just the films she made but the way she made them and the fact that she made them she didn't wait for permission she didn't wait for someone else to choose her she didn't wait for her kind of films to be fashionable she just went out and did the thing and she did it again and again and she she had huge success with them and she said herself in an interview I self-generated my work and I never went around asking permission to make it The main reason women make inroads in independent film is that no one has to say, I pick you. I'm not pounding on anybody's door. I'm just making my own way. You can buy a camera for $1,500. It's insane how easy it is to make a movie. You can make mistakes and throw it under the rug and keep going. You're not dependent on other people allowing you to do it. So I just want to share that with you because I think that message is so powerful and I think so many of us forget it. It's easy to make movies. Thank you, Lynn, for showing that and making it seem easy. Rest in peace. I'm so sad that she has gone too soon. Okay, so let's dive into today's topic. And today I want to talk about five very dangerous habits that will stop you from succeeding. And I think very often we hear about these lists of like the seven habits of successful people and then this number of habits of successful people and the habits you must have to have success. But not many people talk about the habits that will stop you from succeeding, which seems very important to me as well. So this week, we're going to talk about that. The first one that I want to talk about is perfectionism. Now, you might not even recognize this as a habit. You might think this is a personality trait. You might think that about all the things that I share today. But perfectionism is a habit and you can change it if you wish to. Perfectionism will stop you dead. I have seen it in so many people that I know, their desire to make it perfect kills their career, kills their chance of success. So what does this look like? For some screenwriters, it's just working on one thing for three years. I know one writer in Los Angeles, I mean, he worked on this pilot for two years or something. You cannot do that. I mean, really, you're crazy to do that. You have to be prolific. It's a numbers game. You have to be turning things out and be willing to work fast and put them out there and move on to the next thing. Spending two years on one thing is way too long. I've been guilty of this though in the past too, so I'm not gonna say that I haven't been. But perfectionism will stop you. And let's look at perfectionism. Perfectionism can seem fancy, it can seem good. Well, I just don't want to deliver work that's second rate. I want to do the best work that I can. That sounds very noble and very impressive and very understandable. But the truth is, it's often grounded in fear. Your desire to be perfect is often a fear of being judged. So when you just get over yourself and you realize you can just make stuff, you can put it out, if it's good enough, it's good enough, move on. Then you will unlock the door to success. All the people who I know who are massively successful have put out work at some point or another that is, you know, B-minus at best. And it's okay, their career doesn't suffer. In fact, their career grows because they're putting out work and that's the important thing doing, 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 not just swimming and making it perfect. The second thing I want to share with you that I think is a very dangerous habit, possibly one of the most dangerous, is doubting yourself. Now, this takes many different forms, and a lot of people I know say they don't doubt themselves. I believe in myself completely, but their behavior would suggest otherwise. So if you don't doubt yourself, if you believe in yourself completely, you're willing to take risks. You're willing to put yourself out there. You will show up to do the work. You will show up to other people to promote your work. You will show up. But when you doubt yourself, you don't. Now, some of you might know you have a problem with doubting yourself. Some of you might be like, yeah, I, you know, I have that problem, And basically that would look like where you really, you face the page and you're like, I can't do this. Or you read your script and you're like, I am rubbish. Or you're trying to put your film together and you're like, who am I? And you face it really in this very direct, real way. But for a lot of us, the self-doubt is a lot more sneaky. (laughs) It's a lot more underhand and covert than that. As I said, I encounter many people who say to me, I don't doubt myself. I believe 100% of myself. I think I write great scripts okay, then why aren't you doing anything to get them out there? If you believe 100% in your scripts, then why are you telling me you've written five, but you can't get anyone to read them? And at the same time, you also tell me you don't have the money to go to the film festival, or you won't go to this to meet people. To me... This is doubt. This is like, you're not owning your doubt. You're denying your doubt. You're pretending you don't doubt. But if you 100% believe that your script is brilliant, amazing, deserves to be sold, should be made, blah, 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 all the things, you're going to show up for it. You're going to take a risk. <laughs> you're going to get your booty to that film festival, come hell or high water. You're not sitting at home, looking at your wounds, feeling sorry for yourself because no one wants to read your script. You're going out there and getting people to read it. So self-doubt is something, as I said, many of us will deny that we have it. Many of us recognize that we have it and we can say, yep, got that. No, I need to work on it. But many of us have it and are in denial. So I would really look at your actions and your sort of beliefs around your work and how it's going out into the world. Because if you are not taking risks, if you are not risking money, if you're not risking (laughs) yourself in some way, not pushing yourself out of your comfort zone, then you probably do doubt yourself at some level. You don't think you're going to get the results that you you want. Otherwise, you would take the risk. Does that make sense? I hope so. The third habit I want to talk about, and this is something that's just all over the film industry, I feel like, is comparing yourself to others. And this can just kill us dead. One of the ways it kills us is we look at somebody and we're like, oh my gosh, they're only 26 and they're already nominated for an Oscar. I'm 36, I've never made a movie. It's never gonna happen for me. Who am I to think that this could happen? Look at that person, look at that person, look at that person. Oh my God, I should just give up and go home. Sound familiar? I think we've all done it at some point. We all innately compare ourselves to others. We're human beings. We look at others for guidance, we look to learn. We look to copy, to emulate, to be inspired. We look for all the things. But very often we do it in a way that judges ourselves. We hold ourselves up against other people and we make judgments and it really doesn't serve anybody because here's the deal. You are a completely unique soul. There's nobody else like you on the whole planet. Nobody. You don't compare yourself to anybody. The only person you should compare yourself to ever is yourself (laughs) at a different time. That's okay, but comparing yourself to other people is a foolish, foolish waste of time. Don't do it. It typically will bring you down. It makes you feel bad about yourself. It also brings the other person down because often you're very much judgmental about them too. It's not a good thing to do. I remember when I first started practicing yoga, that's when I became aware of just how judgmental my brain was wired to be. And this is why we're talking about habits. Your brain just has these habits. It naturally, naturally just goes back to certain kinds of thoughts and certain thought patterns. These neural pathways have been created in your brain so it just triggers and they just go. And when I started practicing yoga, I found myself, I'd be on the mat and I'd always be, I'd look at the person next to me there and I'd be like, ooh, they're really good. I feel terrible. I'm lousy compared to them. Look to the person to the left. Ooh, actually, they're really stiff. Hey, I'm not so bad after all. And it was like realizing I was always looking at other people as the measure stick for how good I was doing instead of just being comfortable with where I was. And yoga really allowed me to learn how to let go of that, to learn just to be in myself without referencing other people and without referencing where they were on their path. Because as I said before, we are all on our own path. You don't know what their story is. Nobody's. They don't know yours and it doesn't matter At the end of the day, say, for instance, you drive a car. Now, I personally, the true story, I failed my driving license twice, two times before I passed. Now, now that I'm on the road, I don't drive around thinking, hey, I'm a worse driver because I failed twice to get here, and these people passed on the first time. I don't think that. I don't think either, oh, I'm better than someone that failed five times. It's okay. We're all on our own journey. We all have our own time. You have to just focus on your path. I feel like if sometimes you feel like you're getting very focused on other people and it's upsetting you in some way, it's triggering you, just disengage. Wish them well. That's my number one thing. Whenever somebody achieves something that you want to do when you read about somebody winning an award or getting a grant or getting a job that you wish you had, the first thing you should always do is just bless them. Bless them. Say, well done you. And take it as proof that you can do it. Maybe you haven't done it yet, but it is possible for you if you stay on the path. But don't compare yourself to other people. It's a toxic thing to do, and it will stop you from succeeding because inevitably it will bring you down. The fourth habit that I see that's definitely gonna stop you from succeeding on your path is procrastination and self-sabotage. And I said procrastination and self-sabotage because I think they're so linked. For me, procrastination at times, it's putting off the writing. It's putting off the work. It's saying later and taking your time. Self-sabotage can be not delivering something. Somebody asks you for a script. You don't send it to them. Somebody asks to look at your work. You don't give it to them. Somebody asks if you would do a treatment on something. You don't bother to do it. So why do we do these things? Have you ever thought about it? I mean, I'm sure I'm not the only person that is engaged in this kind of behavior. (laughs) Putting off, delaying until later, something that we don't want to do. Not doing the thing that we really ought to do that's so simple to do, but somehow we don't do it. If you peel back the layers, for most of us, we might discover again the (laughs) self-doubt. We might discover that, that there's some fear. I know friends of mine have said, I think I didn't submit my script somewhere because I was afraid of being rejected. I was afraid of them not liking it and it was better for me to reject myself first. It's tragic, isn't it? It's tragic that we do ourselves that. But if you get in the habit of procrastinating and procrastinating can just take that form of, I'm going to sit down and write today at two o'clock, two o'clock comes, oh, well, I'm a bit busy. I'm going to do this first. I'll do that first and this first. And you just procrastinate. I'll clean up and I'll do this. And then it's three o'clock and it's four o'clock and it's five o'clock and then you think, oh, well, I'll do it tomorrow right? If we get into that habit, it is so dangerous. You will never get where you want to go. You'll never succeed. It won't happen. You have to be as good as your word. You have to hold yourself accountable. You have to say, when I do this, I mean it, and I'm going to do it, and I'm going to follow through, and there's no if, buts, maybes about it. I'm doing it. And the same with the self-sabotage. It's just like, no, I'm as good as my word. Because if you're not, you will never get where you want to go. It's as simple as that. Number five on my list today of dangerous habits that will stop you from succeeding is not doing the mindset work, the habit of not going to the mental gym. (laughs) I think this is one of the most important ones and something that probably is very rarely talked about. You succeeding at anything is going to be completely dependent on you growing your brain to believe that it is possible for you to do that, that you are worthy of doing that thing, that it is safe for you to do that thing. And if you do not believe those things in a fundamental subconscious way, you will always self-sabotage. You will always procrastinate. You will always doubt yourself. (laughs) You will always find a way to avoid it. So I think the most important thing that you have to do if you want to succeed in any, in any field, in anything, is do mindset work. And what do I mean by that? Do courses, listen to podcasts like this, read books, really take your brain to the gym. <laughs> like, Don't worry just about your body. Your body is good too, right? Exercise your body, maintain good physical health, but maintain good mental health in a deep way, be willing to do the inner work, be willing to peel back the layers. I can honestly say when I have had the greatest successes in my life, it's always come in times when I have been doing that work. I've been like really working on myself, really working on my limiting beliefs. I've been journaling. I've been meditating. I've been flushing out any things that are holding me back. I'm holding myself accountable. I'm looking at what I'm doing. I'm reading and learning all the time. When I've been doing that, magic things have happened. Unfortunately, there's been times where I've just let all those things slip to the wayside. I've sort of got a little bit comfortable in life. I'm like, oh, I'm doing okay. Now I can just forget all that. And to be honest, the mindset is like a muscle, just like a, a gym. Like you don't work out once and it's like, okay, now I've worked out and I've got this nice firm body and now I can just never go to the gym again. <laughs> right? But that's how I was with mindset. I definitely, I did so much work on it for a number of years If you know me at all, you'll know. I spent years working the affirmations, meditating, really like working with visualizations, all the things. And the results were phenomenal, phenomenal. For instance, selling my first screenplay, finishing it, selling it, moving to LA, getting hired immediately to work for an A-list director. I mean, just crazy off the chart results that I attribute 100% to having done intense mindset work for the previous three or four years. But then I would take these dips. I would have big successes and I'd sort of think, okay, I'm okay now and not do it for a while. Just drop off off that path. Just sit on the couch and watch movies and hang out with my friends and not really think about it. And whenever I took my foot off that pedal and didn't really work the muscle of mindset, Go to the mental gym, read the books, do the courses, listen to the podcasts, trust my instincts, really consciously be on the path of growth. Whenever I stepped off that path, things started to fall apart a little bit. I got much, much worse results in my life. Things did not go easily. Things didn't pull together, I didn't have great successes. Sometimes things would still work out to some extent, but never in the same way and always with a lot more effort. So I honestly think a habit that will stop you from succeeding is quite simply when you get into the habit of laziness around your mindset. And for some of us, it might be even news that we need to do any mindset work. But I'm telling you now, your success and the level of success that you will achieve in whatever you do in life is 100% linked to how much you grow your mindset. It's that simple. If you don't believe it's possible to succeed, if you still have some limiting beliefs that people like you don't get to do this, if you still have some limiting beliefs that it's harder for people like you, if you still have limiting beliefs that maybe you're not talented enough, all those kinds of things, they will stop you. But when you do that mindset work, when you deliberately choose to get on the path of personal growth, personal development, when you commit to the practices of it, Writing affirmations, sitting down, doing meditation, journaling every day, working through the limitations. When you do that, you get miraculous results, and I guarantee you, everybody with huge sustained success is doing that work. Now, it's not necessarily true. Some people will get like lucky. And as I say, I think I even had that a little bit. Like when my film got into Sundance, I think that was a bolt of lightning of of luck that. I didn't, I didn't handle very well. Like I was talking at the very beginning of this, I was definitely very overwhelmed. I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel safe on that platform. I didn't feel like I was worthy of it. And because of that, I think I sabotaged a lot of different opportunities that probably arose around that time, but that I just couldn't handle. I wasn't ready for it. I didn't feel worthy of it. So the mindset work, I tell you, is the most important thing you can do anytime, all the time invest in your brain (laughs) that's that's the, the takeaway from this invest in your brain if you want to succeed you have to be willing to look at the habits that you have be very clear about what ones are serving you and what ones are not and these as i say a lot of them are mental habits if you spend a lot of time telling yourself negative stories oh, the industry is so unfair, it's so hard to make money in the industry, people, they don't hire people like me, they're so unfair. If you're telling yourself a lot of these kinds of things, I'm not talented enough, who am I to think I can do this? You might say that you want to succeed, but you're never going to do it. You have to be willing to look at those and to be willing to do the work to unravel them and replace them with new thoughts. Oh, the industry is amazing. Isn't it amazing that people can sell a screenplay the first time they write one? Isn't it amazing that some people even win an Oscar with the first screenplay they write? That could be me. I could do that. I have the talent. I have ideas. I have great stories to tell. People want to read them. My stories are of huge value. It is safe for me to tell my stories. Do you see the difference? You can choose your thoughts. So that's what I've got for this week. Those are the five habits that will stop you from succeeding. And to wrap up with a takeaway, I would say to you, the number one thing, if you're serious about succeeding, isn't just to do the work, but to do the mindset work, to listen to things that expand your brain and give you more tools, to read things that help you to evolve, to watch things that really challenge your default settings and help you to grow to a new level of consciousness. Because when you choose to do that, when you choose to go to the mental gym on a daily basis, you will start seeing radically different results in your life. You'll start to break through to massive success. So please, please, please think about one thing you can do every day. Think about it as going to the gym. How can I spend just 10 minutes, 20 minutes every day working on my mindset? Is it journaling? Is it reading a book? Is it listening to a podcast? What can I do every single day? And recognize that this is a muscle that you will build up and that you will strengthen by doing some daily practice on it. It's essential. All right, you guys, I hope that this episode has been helpful for you. I am so grateful to you for listening to this. I get so many lovely messages now. It just makes my day every day when I get a message from you. So if you enjoy this podcast, please reach out to me, www.diannebell.com, or leave me a message as a review. Just click on that review button and write a little review. I am so, so grateful for you when you do that. Thank you so much. I hope you're having an amazing week, and I look forward to seeing you next week. Bye. The right detail can bump your wardrobe up a notch. Kick off this year by letting Indochino upgrade your style with customized suits, shirts, chinos, bomber jackets, and more without spending a fortune. Indochino clothing is made to your exact measurements, and you can customize every detail. Give yourself a style edit that sets the tone for the rest of the year with Indochino. Get $50 off any purchase of 3 dollars or more with promo code STYLE at Indochino.com. That's Indochino.com promo code STYLE. If you're ready to lose weight, Noom Weight can help. Our weight loss program uses the latest in psychology and behavioral science to help you understand your relationship with food and build long-lasting habits. And the best part is you decide how Noom fits into your life. We won't tell you what you can or can't eat. Instead, we'll give you the knowledge and tools you need to make informed choices that fit your lifestyle. Start your trial at Noom.com balance. That's N-O-O-M dot balance.